0: Ave Maria Radio and Renewal Ministries presents Fire on the Earth, a compelling look at the new evangelization through inspiring teachings, interviews, and testimonies. Welcome friends. This is Peter Herbeck, your host, and we're going to talk today about the charisma, about the basic gospel message, the foundation of our faith. If you didn't have a chance to tune into the program yesterday, began with two things, really talking about what real renewal and revival means. We're beginning this process of the Synod on Synodality, a big global experience for the church, and uh, there's a lot of fear and tension and excitement, and there's all kinds of responses to it that's going on. And any time the church gathers in a situation like that, the intention is at least that the church be renewed, that she be strengthened. So that's what we ought to pray for: for renewal, for strength for authentic discipleship, authentic Christian living, for the kind of life and vision of reality that comes from the gospel, that comes from the person of Jesus. And it's meant to take us deeper into being able to live, you might say, the lifestyle of Jesus. You know, the Sermon on the Mount lifestyle that comes and flows from a life of being transformed, becoming a child of God, entering the family of God, and now living the family way of life. Which Jesus describes in the Beatitudes and the whole Sermon on the Mount. But it begins with the charisma. I mentioned yesterday, you know, I just began with Romans chapter one, verse 16. Paul said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who has faith. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. That's the, that's the whole world. It's the Jewish world and the non-Jewish world. The gospel is meant to go everywhere. The gospel means what? Good news. The good news about the person of Jesus Christ. This message has power to save. You know, Paul tells us in another place, faith comes through hearing and what's heard is the word of God. By grace you have been saved through faith. That's how it starts faith without works is dead, all that. We know how, from a Catholic perspective, how faith and works go together, but it begins with the free gift of God given to us in the communication of the truth about Christ, which began, the proclamation began for the apostles on the day of Pentecost. Uh, St. John Paul II reminding the church in Redemptoris Missio, faith is born of preaching and every ecclesial community draws its origin And it's life from the from the personal response of each believer to that preaching. The ecclesial community really is talking about the church of the body of Christ that, and whatever form it takes, you know, whether it's a a religious order, a movement, whatever, it's all part of the church, the body of Christ. And where it's born in new places and new locations, it comes forth from the preaching of the gospel. That's where it draws its origin in life. So if it's going to draw its origin in life, it's really important to know what is that message that needs to be personally responded to. Have you heard the message? Are you hearing the message? Have you communicated the message? Because every single disciple, every single person who's baptized into Christ becomes a child of God and enters into a relationship with Jesus. Not only him as our elder brother, our Savior, and our Lord, but he's our master and teacher. We're learning his way of life. We become a learner of Christ and his way of life. And it begins with hearing the message. So I want to talk a little bit about the message today, and tomorrow we'll see how long it takes us this week to get through it. Here's a Cardinal Conta La Mesa mentioning, how does someone become a disciple? And here he said, when an adult person or persons at last have the occasion to hear the kerygma to renew their own baptism and to consciously choose Christ as their own personal Lord and savior and commit themselves actively in the life of their church to be actively engaged in the life, the community, the family, the missionary family that is meant to be a parish and a diocese and whatever other form you're involved in, whether in a religious order again or movements or whatever, all living within the body of Christ. We become disciples, followers, learners of Jesus. And that begins with, he said, the kerygma. So, you know, what is the kerygma? The word kerygma is a Greek word used in the New Testament for preaching. It's related to another Greek, a Greek verb called karuso. And it means simply to cry out or to proclaim as a herald. And a means of proclamation, announcement, or preaching. It's like a declaration. Like Paul Revere, think about him writing through the... Uh, the city, the church grows, going back to what St. John Paul II said, the church is born of this particular preaching, this particular aspect of the church's teaching and preaching called the Kerygma. And here's Cardinal Canto la Mesa explaining the uniqueness of what the Kerygma is vis-a-vis the rest of the teaching and the commandments and things that are so important as well to the life of the church, but this is the beginning point. And he said, looking at Kerygma and Didache, he said, Preaching or proclamation of what God has done in Jesus of Nazareth. It's the Kerygma. The preaching or Kerygma is called the gospel, the good news. The teaching, or Didache is another word used, on the other hand, is called the law, or the commandment of Christ, which is generally summed up in love, right? The commandment to love God, love neighbor the kerygma brings us into the reality of what Christ has done for us. The new creation it makes us as we receive it, as we come into his body. And then the teaching or the didache is how do we now live this out? It's like the Sermon on the Mount, as I mentioned yesterday. The Sermon on the Mount lifestyle that's being communicated is one example of that. The Ten Commandments, these things are all important. But it's all preceded by the kerygma. That is the realization of who Jesus is and our response to the message of the Kerygma, which we'll get into a little bit here. But first I want to just explain the dynamics of it. This is taken from the, a book called The Holy Spirit in the Life of Jesus by Cardinal Canto la Mesa. He said, of these two, that is both Kerygma and Didache, the first, the Kerygma or Gospel, is what gives the church her origin. There he's just basically quoting or stating exactly what St. John Paul II described it as the second the law or love which flows from the first traces an ideal moral life for the church and this forms the faith of the church in the broader sense he said originally kerygma was distinct from the teaching as also from catechesis these latter tend to form the faith or to preserve its purity while the kerygma tends to arouse it it has an explosive or germinative character The church is born of the Kerygma. So this is where it starts. And it shouldn't be no surprise. I mean, many, many people, even who have been baptized into the church, have never really received, heard and received the Kerygma in a way that caused them to respond to the demands of the Kerygma and the invitation that's present in the Kerygma. Again, what Cardinal Cantalamessa had said about becoming a disciple—you know—we've been, we're, many of us were baptized as infants, and depending upon the home we lived in or the parish we were in, I mean, a lot of people who were baptized didn't really get brought into as they got older into the place where you make a personal decision to become a disciple, a follower of Jesus, and you apply, you receive the demands and the invitation that's present in the Krigma. To make Jesus the Lord of your life, which we'll talk about a little bit more as we go on here. And again, as I mentioned yesterday, Kantala Mesa said, when adult persons at last have the occasion to hear the charisma, to renew their own baptism and to consciously choose Christ as their own personal Lord and Savior and commit themselves actively in the life of their church, that's when they start to become a disciple. When you're really saying yes and you're really following him, St. John Paul II in Redemptoris Missio says something very, very similar. He said that everybody, every baptized person has to come to the point as an adult, you come to terms with the, the call and the, the invitation of the Kerygma and the worldview that's revealed there. And he said to make a decision, he said, and from the faith, he said to make a radical decision, to respond to that charisma, to that message about Jesus, and from the outset to live a faith that is total and radical, that is a, a profound and total surrender to the call that's there in the message. Again, originally the kerygma was distinct from the teaching. So you say the kerygma is the, the annunciation, the declaration that Jesus Christ is risen, that he's alive, that he's acting in the present that he died for our sins, that he's now Lord, he's at the right hand of God, the Father in heaven, all power and authority belong to him. And now that he's there and he's pouring out his Holy Spirit, he's giving us an invitation now to come to repent of our sins, to enter the waters of baptism, to have our sins forgiven. And we were given the Holy Spirit, new life, right? We're born again there and we enter into the family of God. That's really in a nutshell. And that's what Peter was preaching And that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. Peter preached the kerygma. Here's Paul describes it in just another simple way. If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 11. Like a real confession. What this means is not just you say the words out loud but you make a confession out loud with your lips from your heart and soul. Yes, I believe that Jesus is Lord. I believe it. He's the Lord. He's my Lord. He's our Lord. We say this together as, as uh, disciples and members of the church. That's the central proclamation. Of course, Paul said another place said no one can say Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit. Well, of course, every human being could say those words, but what Paul's after, what he's saying is to be able to confess it and say it out loud, having by God's grace come to grasp the truth about who Jesus is, the Lord of all, the beginning of the new creation, the only way for, of salvation for the human race, the only means by which we can be brought into right relationship with God the Father, that we can live with God eternally, That we can become partakers of the divine nature, all those beautiful realities that are there. It comes through this man, Jesus, the man Christ Jesus, as Paul described him in one place. This is where it comes from. And this man is the one who reveals the father, reveals the human condition, the sin sick condition of the human heart. And he, he said, look, I've come to deal with that sin sick. I'm the physician the sickness, I've come to deal with it. I'm coming to take it away. If you will follow me, if you believe me, and I will give you a new heart and I will put my spirit in you. That's really what this whole dynamic is all about. And Paul said, you can't, no one can say and grasp what they're saying without the help of the Holy Spirit. And we can confess that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. And he's the savior of the world. Of course, in Acts chapter 2, Peter, on the day of Pentecost, which we'll dive into more tomorrow, Peter begins preaching this public declaration. Again, he's who's he speaking to first on the day of Pentecost? He's speaking to Jewish people who were gathered in Jerusalem to celebrate the Feast of Pentecost, which was a Jewish feast, a Jewish feast of celebrating the giving of the law, and also it was a harvest feast. And Peter's proclamation fulfills that Jewish feast That particular Jewish feast, among all the feasts of Israel, they all anticipate the coming of the Messiah. They all anticipate their fulfillment. Their fulfillment is in the person of Christ. And tomorrow we'll talk about how that preaching on that day and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was the fulfillment of the Feast of Pentecost. And what was it that the Holy Spirit inspired Peter to say on that foundational day of the birth of the church. God bless you, friends. Have a good day. Each program of Fire on the Earth with Peter Herbeck can be downloaded at AveMariaRadio.net and RenewalMinistries.net. Fire on the Earth is a production of Ave Maria Radio. Friends, I'd like to offer you my new booklet, Receiving Fire. Jesus said, I have come to cast fire on the earth. Would that it were already ablaze. That fire is the purifying love that burns in the heart of Jesus. A fire of grace for those who receive it, but a fire of judgment for those who refuse it. If you'd like a copy of this free booklet, call one 800 or contact us on the web at renewalministries.net slash foe. That's renewalministries.net slash foe.